Hello and welcome to the Harmony Podcast, aka the Breakdown. I'm your host with the most Tyler Mace cumulates and all the information going around today. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Dan Gonzalez. Just with people. Hey guys. Yeah, so today um, it's going to be a little different. We're going to be releasing two podcasts, one that we recorded last week in which we talk about the NBA China controversy, along with a couple of other things. So what we're going to release today is um, the Kanye West album that came out, Jesus is King. So Daniel and I both listened to it, and we're just going to give our thoughts on it. So to start off, Daniel, what was your what were your opinions on it? Well, I wouldn't consider myself a Kanye fan since um, Bisa before he released this album i hadn't really listened much to him but i knew about his music and i had heard some stuff so i wouldn't say that my opinion on jesus king is based on his previous albums so when i speak about this album it's gonna be kind of like objectively just the album itself since i have i have very little knowledge about his previous albums and how those went so this is purely how i feel about this album and not comparing it to his old stuff and just looking at it my first impression after listening to the first song um i believe every this hour every hour every hour um it was very cool i thought that was gonna be like the whole theme of it like that very like lively gospel music but once i I reached song to sella i obviously saw that that's not the tone that i was gonna take but my first impression was at the end of every hour there's a very hard stop between the first song and the second song it's almost like they had like a mistake and they just cut the song like it was like mid-verse it had no fade out it was just very sudden and the next song did not like match up with it so it felt like it was almost like it was like polar opposites the first and the second song yeah and because the way the first song was it was just like upbeat tempo constant it was like there was no build up within it but if you go to the second song i believe it was sella um, yeah, or no, not Sella. It's Sella, it's Sella. Oh yeah, it's Sella, okay. Yeah, if you go from every hour to Sella, Sella has a lot more buildup, and, um, it doesn't even drop its beat until, like, 30 seconds into it, you know? Yeah, very far into it. So, it, it felt like, I feel like every hour has, like, no place within the, with the album. It feels, it feels very, like, hastily put in. Honestly, it's like, it was like Kanye was doing a teaser for, like, his Sunday, um, church every, yeah every single time exactly because it doesn't even follow that same theme yeah but like when I, whenever when i listened to it the first time i listened to it straight through starting from every hour but after that i just started at Sella because i felt like every hour was so um diff different in so many ways to like the way the rest of the songs flowed it just didn't feel right to continue just listening to it you know what i mean yeah yeah so like once you listen to it once it's just like a simple every hour every hour every minute once you listen for one time you're not probably not gonna listen to it again yeah it's not a bad song it just it doesn't fit with the vibe of the album that was released yeah but, but yeah um i mean personally i've my i've listened to kanye from like the very beginning since he dropped um my favorite albums were in order like from one to three um Every, uh, late registration or not late or registration um college dropout uh graduation and then um his most his most recent album before this um jesus is king yay that was my third favorite but then all the other albums came into place yeah so pretty much um what i'm saying is going into this i had high expectations for album because um kanye because all of his albums have been very quality work um, and I'm happy to say that I wasn't disappointed. 
um, although there are a couple of flaws in there, and I feel like it's more like um, pacing in the way the um, songs would flow. For example, uh, like you said, with every hour, it felt really out of place, and it was no real buildup. It just went straight into action, um, along with a couple of other songs. Like um, I'd say, one way that um, the pacing was really good, um, "God Is" is one of the songs. Uh, "God Is," I felt like the way that he. Um, did and the way that he performed in that song was really good because although it wasn't like um a perfect like streamlined voice you felt the passion from his voice because there were different multiple cracks it was like um almost like it was a live performance you know so um i felt like that the pacing in that one was pretty good however the pacing in another song where it was um i believe uh follow god i i don't know i like the song but i felt like it was he was moving too fast faster than the beat could actually follow him you know that was just one example um yeah well, i guess it it I'm, I'm looking at the track list and it's just like every song first of all my, my i would say my top song would probably be Sella. okay second will be follow god tied with the melody of use this gospel um, second tier would probably be Everything We Need. Water's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Hands On. I like that song a lot. That song... Because I, I like Fred Hammond, so... Yeah, that song, um, is, it's kind of like, um, spoken word. Almost, spoke like, spoken word. Yeah. It was very cool, very inspirational. I really like the, the specific lyric where it's like, Christians will be the first ones to judge me. Because mm-hmm. it's like... People. That's so real. It's yeah. just like it's, he's calling out um, hypocrites, essentially. You know. Yeah, it's like it's 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 saying that the people that are supposed to be the most loving, the most like following Jesus type, would be the first ones to call him out for doing gospel. And it's just like it really puts Kanye in a position where it's like if you judge his album, it's just like you're, you're hating not on him but on God because literally the album is about God and how Jesus is king. So it's like, it's like, it's saying that, yeah, no matter what he does, even if it's about God and what you believe, Christians will just dislike it and still judge him. Yeah. I mean, let's go down the line with the songs that we like. So every hour we both dislike, Sela, like, follow God, like, I'm going to say it close on Sunday for the end. On God, like, everything we need, like, water, like, God is like, hands on, like, pretty much all the songs um before closed on sunday and um and after every hour along with after um close on sunday we liked um so for close on sunday what were your opinions on that daniel i didn't like it at all i think it's just it's too memey i feel that that song was his attempt at getting like like top and bottom text <laughs> bottom text <laughs> yeah that's what he's trying to go for because i don't know it felt like that like almost like a, like a joke yeah um i feel like that song is up there with um you know that song i love it with low pump yeah yeah it's it's basically like that i feel like that song is a joke i don't know if he actually was like serious about that song if he actually takes that song serious because when you bring up lyrics like calling somebody your chick-fil-a you know, calling them your number one with the lemonade, I feel like that's just clownery. Um, if you're gonna say that you're a gospel album, uh, if you're making a gospel album, and then you bring up lyrics about Chick-fil-A, and at the very end of the song, you just scream out Chick-fil-A in a high-pitched voice, I, I can't really take you seriously. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it, 
so it's like that's another flaw i feel like there were parts in it where he wasn't on theme so for example um closed on sunday like i said it was it felt out of place with the album with the overall feel of it and every hour although it had some things pertaining to god just like the overall feel of it did not flow well with the rest of the music but um you know other than that there was like two songs out of 11 that that we didn't like so we liked nine out of that's really good for kanye yeah you know what i mean so i mean i give him an eight out of ten um i give him a 6.5 um some of the songs are just very like eh. you don't like it that's not that i didn't dislike them i would listen to them but it was just like it didn't i don't know it wasn't the the, the two highlights the three highlights i would say of this of this album is sella mm-hmm. follow god and just the melody of use this gospel i just didn't like the song itself it was it just felt weird mm-hmm. but the melody was just it was too catchy to forget it was literally like the, especially the the kenny g part at the end that was that was uh, very cool but it just it just like the entire song itself is like eh. my favorite songs are follow god on god and everything we need um but like hands on is also like really high up there for me and so well water's kind of like in a lower tier but i still like it yeah it's just like i every song after close on sunday i either really like or i just you know i i can enjoy you know mm-hmm. like most of these songs if if it was just like in the car playing i wouldn't say change it you know i yeah. would just let it rock so i feel like that's what this <laughs> album's main thing is it's like if we wouldn't just turn it off We'd let it play, but you know there are some um, songs in there that need work, and I feel like um, as a result of that, it kind of weakened the overall project. Yeah, it just felt it felt rushed. It did because it was supposed to come out this day, it was supposed to come out that day, it was supposed to come out this yeah, day. Yeah, it, it kept on kept, getting delayed. Yeah, like, and it kept pushing it back. And I think like a couple hours before he posted it, he was like, "Oh yeah, the producers are mixing it as we speak," and it's just like that's terrible. Yeah, it's like, like you're still making it the day before you're about to release it, and it's like. And you were like saying that this was gonna be released weeks ago, months ago, and a co- literally the day before you're still mixing it. That that's that's leaving it to the last minute, and that doesn't always result in the best in the best work. So I just I just felt like personally it felt rushed. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. I like I said I'd give I still I would still give the album an eight out of ten. Um. Daniel said you said a six. Six point five. All right. Six point five. Um. So yeah, those are our thoughts on the album. Um. If we're ranking the um, all the all of his albums, I would say this is like, let me look at his album list because okay, there's the late registration, college dropout, um, new workout plan, graduation, life of Pablo, Jesus, my beautiful dark twisted mind, the college dropout, yay, 80s and heartbreak, life registration. Watch the Throne, Freshman Adjustment, Late Administration, VH1 Storytellers, Can't Tell Me Nothing, Hard Candy. Jeez Louise. Okay, so. Graduate, Second Semester. (laughs) This is insane. Okay, so I'd say College Dropout, like I said, I put College Dropout number one, then I put Graduation, then I put Yay, and then after that, I mean, I haven't listened to Beautiful, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Mind. Um, I'd say this is better than, than Yeezus. Um, but not better than, mm, cause I, I like Life of Pablo, but I know like Life of Pablo is not one of those 
really good ones. You know what I mean? It's one of his weaker ones. I feel like. Hmm. This is this is really tough actually, because okay, Life of Pablo is better than Jesus. Yes, I put Jesus at the very bottom. Um, 808s is better than Life of Pablo for me. Um, and then after that, I'd put I put Watch the Throne after that, and then I guess um, yeah, then I just go right there. So just to go down the line, I'd put College Dropout, Graduation, um, Yay, 808s and Heartbreaks, Watch the Throne, um, this album, Jesus is King, Life of Pablo, then Jesus. Right. So that's that's how I'd rank them. Um, but yeah, uh, Kanye, you pretty much put out another solid project again. So uh, thank you for releasing this. And um, that's without further ado, that will be the end of the podcast. Thank you all for listening uh, to the new episode of the Breakdown Podcast. You could be doing anything else, but you're here listening to us. So we really appreciate you guys. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Harbinger's Pod. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and all other major podcast outlets. Be sure to let us know what you think on Twitter. And um, without further ado, bye. Hello, and welcome to the Harbinger Podcast, aka The Breakdown. I'm your host with the most, Tyler Banks, giving you the latest and all the information going around today. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Dan Gonzalez. Good episode to people. Hey. Yeah, so today, uh, we're going to have a podcast that's a little bit different than what you're used to. We're going to talk um, a little bit about the uh, Nintendo Switch Lite versus the original Nintendo Switch. Um, so, Daniel is an owner of the uh, original Nintendo Switch, whereas I am an owner of the new um, Nintendo Switch Lite, which came out, um, I believe, several weeks ago so we're going to give our thoughts on it give give our opinion on what we think that um you guys should pick up and um yeah uh, also we're going to talk a little bit about the nba season it just started back up last night which was tuesday october 22nd um we're i'm mostly going to speak um as to like the lakers and what they can do to improve after last night's loss against the los angeles clippers without paul george by the way but without further ado let's get right into it so, Daniel, um, why don't you start off with why you think the Nintendo Switch is the superior console? Well, I mean, debating whether the Switch, the regular Switch or the Switch Lite is, a, is um, superior or not, isn't really the argument, because the Switch, the Switch Lite wasn't designed to be superior than a regular Switch. It's just a, it's basically a light version of the Switch with, where it's priority isn't to outperform the switch but it's to um it's just to provide a more like moral like mobility um because you can't take off the joy cons and you don't have the ability to hook it up to a tv so my argument would be is the switch light worth buying and i definitely think that it's not worth buying at all because the switch light is already is basically it's like a couple hundred it's like a hundred dollars less yeah in the switch and for a hundred, for those one hundred dollars that you could possibly add to the to the Switch Lite, you get a better screen, a bigger screen, you get detachable Joy Cons, and you get the ability to hook it up to a TV. Yeah, but what if you don't want those things? You don't need. But the whole the thing is, you're already paying two hundred dollars for the Switch Lite. Yeah. So 
why not just go the extra mile and get pay those extra $100 to buy all the features that that make the switch so special because it's I mean the whole, the whole the whole naming scheme of it too also reflects um, the ability of it to be either portable and um, be specifically for um, be able to play as like a, a home console with a TV or like a portable console um, like handheld but it's like the switch Lite is basically just a glorified DS I mean Nintendo already has that lineup and it could I mean with the two with the new 3ds XL or the new 2ds those are already amazing um, competitions for the switch Lite. the only difference is the, the games that I could play so I, I mean I mean I personally feel that um, buying just buying the switch Lite, it, it kind of like down it, it one of the greatest features of the switch is the ability it um, is a new games that it has and the amazing graphics of those games because um, Nintendo has really outperformed with their with their new games like Super Mario Odyssey and um, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Those are some really astonishing and great looking games. And I feel that playing those games on the Switch Lite would just be a disrespect to those games. Because it's like, here you have these amazing games that have so much detail and have so much effort and look so nice. And you're just playing it on literally like a, like a 5 inch screen. Like that you can't even dock. That it's like, that's your only ab like ability. Like I feel like compressing the image and, and like lowering its quality just completely ruins the immersion of it and so like i'm saying okay yeah that's fine that you believe that but wouldn't you say the same thing to a person who owns the switch anyway but still plays those games on the go because it's still a compression of the quality regardless it's not like it's going to be any different okay it's just like a slightly smaller screen than what the original has but but that's besides the point because at the end of the day you're still compressing the quality so whether or not it's like a switch or, or a switch light that's doing it there's still going to be some sort of compression so for you to say that that's why you shouldn't get the switch light it doesn't really make any sense to me no because with the switch you have the ability to be able to play at its full potential um, once you dock it onto the TV, it, it goes back to its full quality because it's it's basically powered in. So it, it um, yeah, your TV, it, 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 the resolution is maxes out. I mean, what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but I'm it's saying native resolution. My thing is the whole point, the whole idea of the Switch, right, is console gaming on the go. Of course, they have. That's not the whole idea. It's the ability to have both console gaming on the go, and no, 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 no. it's the ability to have both console console gaming and on the go gaming. That's why it's called Switch, because the ability to switch between those two um, those two different things. Yeah, but what if the consumer, like myself, only cares about one of those aspects, which is the console gaming on the go? I don't particularly care to hook it up to my TV, so if I can save the extra $100, then why is that a bad thing? It's just like, I feel like, then what's the point? Like, that, it's just, I feel like you're just not using it to its full potential. Like, if you're gonna buy the Switch Lite, you might as well go. You might as well go the extra mile and buy the full Switch, because it. I mean, it just. I, I wouldn't. Fine. You you don't you you prefer the mobility of it, but with the Switch, you have better mobility because the screen is bigger and it's better. It has a better resolution on it. So if you want that better mobility, yeah, it's a bit. It's smaller on the Switch Lite. So yeah, maybe maybe the Switch is a little bit bigger, but you have the ability to to take off the joy cons and you have the ability to um to it has a backstand a kickstand so you can just place it on your desk 
and literally have friends and i don't think there's anything more mobile than having a portable console where multiple friends can play on one device like that i, I personally hate the joy cons um i don't like the detachable controls at all because when i switch them around it's just like the but it's so small for my hands it's just like it, it doesn't feel comfortable to me not to mention it's nothing to just go out and buy a kickstand for your switch like along it has like a case and it's built in with the um with the kickstand for your switch light so it's not that big of a deal you know what i mean the switch light has why would you want a kickstand for your switch light because it doesn't have a kickstand yeah but when would you ever want to put this the kickstand on for like what, if, for, for, for like, like for example if you're watching like hulu or youtube or something using, like you're using your switch to watch that that's why you're buying your switch no no no. that's not the only reason but like i mean it's on there so if if my phone's charging you know what i mean wow i mean i just i like like would you not use use your pc right for like um watching watching youtube or watching netflix right yeah okay so i'm saying it's like a multi-purpose console it doesn't necessarily have to be only for games that's why they have those things on there for like if you don't want to play switch could do the switch could do all that exactly the switch and the switch light can do all of that but the Minus switch, the TV. But the Switch does it better. How? Again, it has a better resolution. It's bigger. And it has more. Like you have, you can watch Hulu. You can connect Hulu. You can put the Switch, dock it, and put it on your TV. And you can watch Hulu on, on your TV. Yeah, but I already have Hulu on my TV. The point of the Switch. The, okay, the thing is, right? The whole reason why I got a Switch was because I just wanted to play games on the go. And I didn't want to play my Vita anymore, right? I needed something new to play. The Switch provided that for me, minus the Joy-Cons, which I didn't really like, and um, minus the TV feature, which I didn't really need anyway, you know what I mean? I have a PS4 already, and I have an Nvidia Shield, I have things connected to my TV, so I wouldn't need a Switch connected to my TV, okay? So I only bought it for that reason, so I'm saying it doesn't really matter um, what specs or aspects that you're looking for in the switch because it's all about what the consumer wants and what i a consumer wants is a single portable experience i don't need it on a tv i don't need the joy cons i don't need friends to play with those doo-doo small detachable controllers you know what i mean that's you're you're the special case like i suppose like that i mean that's literally why the switch was so revolutionary because it ticked all those boxes and i think you're the only one of the few people that says that, that, that says that hates all that and literally just wants it, another ds i suppose i mean like i just i just feel like that's what i always like wanted because I, when i saw the switch right it was cool that they had all those like those are basically gimmicky. They're features. not gimmicky. It's, those are not. It just seemed gimmicky. Those to are me. not gimmicky. It, features. It's just gimmicky. Those to me. are not gimmicky features. You know what I mean, like, that is not a like gimmick. at first when I saw the Joy Cons, I was like, oh, they're just making like different Wii controllers. But then I saw what they were doing with it, with the detachable controllers, and I was like, okay, I can see myself not wanting to use this because it looks so uncomfortable. And I was right because I've used. You do know they sell attachments. Pro Pro controllers, right? Yes. Yeah, which you can use on the Switch Lite also. So, like, for you to... See, you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, you can get a Switch Lite. You don't have to use those um, Joy-Cons, right? And you can just play with the regular Pro Controller like a normal person would do. I just have no interest in getting a Joy-Con for that. You know what I mean? In what scenarios are you, are you playing... Are you going to use the Switch Lite? What, what, in terms of what? Like, what, what scenario would you pull out your Switch Lite? What do you mean? Like, like if, I'm, if I'm out doing stuff, like... like what? 
What do you mean, like, say... Yeah, well, in what scenarios would you use your Switch Lite? Um, say, I don't know, like, I guess if I'm going somewhere and, like, I just need something to do, pull out the Switch Lite, play. No, be specific. Be, be very specific. What, exa- what When would you actually use the Switch Lite? Um, okay, let's think. Um... That's a good question because like I don't know like I I mostly play my Switch Lite like when I'm at the crib so exactly you play your Switch Lite when you're at home yeah there's no there nobody likes play usually when you're playing games in the go you've already probably beat the game or you're already happily like, more than halfway through nah nah no 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 because I actually have gone I like I went for a walk and I and I brought my Switch with me I went for a walk on the trail and I brought my Switch with me. Just, All right, just but, keep me occupied. But where's the majority of the time you're using the Switch Lite? At home, at home, yeah. At home, at home. So you rather have the ability to not be able to play it on your flat screen TV, and instead just literally sit on your couch and play it right in your hand. Yeah, that's super comfy. I have a very comfortable bed that I like to kick back in and just play my Switch to. You know? That, okay. You. That's just. It makes no sense. And plus, like. I'm, I, I wear glasses often, but I keep my glasses in my book bag, so to have the screen right in my face, I don't have to go and get my glasses, so I get extra comfortable, okay? I, I don't know what to say. Exactly. Like, just, <laughs> you, you have the weirdest tastes. Yeah, I do. Um, but uh, to kind of end this uh, segment. Yeah, this whole segment. Because Tyler I, says his crazy opinions. This should be a new segment. Tyler says the darnest things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but to pretty much end this whole uh, debate, the Switch and the Switch Lite both have very um, specific audiences that it's attracting. The Switch being that they want to have console gaming on the go and at home. And the Switch Lite is simply for just console gaming on the go. Um, they both have very specific markets, as I said, and I think they're both really good consoles. However, I just prefer the Switch Lite, and obviously Daniel prefers the Nintendo Switch. Now, um, like I said, it's really up to the consumer's preference as to like what they want. Um, so as I said, with those descriptions of what the Switch Lite and the Switch are, it's really up to the consumer. But personally, I think that you should get the Switch Lite because it's, no, no. it's I, I, like no. I said, personally, personally, it's $200, you know what I mean? Very nice, very cool, great battery life, better than the Switch, you know? I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, cool. You're still you're still playing at 30 frames, but whatever. Okay, like, yeah, you want to play 1080p at 30 frames? Be my guess, it's still 30 frames. But you know, um, yeah, as I said, I personally think that the Switch is better. Daniel thinks the Switch. Um, oh, excuse me. I think the Switch Lite is better. Daniel thinks the Switch is better. But like I said, it's always up to the consumer what they want. So with that being said, we'll chop it up to agree to disagree. Fine. That's all right. Excellent. So you're insane. Yeah, <laughs> I'm insane. Um, so let's get straight into um the NBA. So the NBA season started last night. Um, I'm not gonna go over all the games that happened. I'm just gonna talk about the Lakers because that's my team. And um, just to clarify, Tyler lives in Miami. He, I mean, we 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 are famous for having the Heat. Yet Tyler decides to root for the team on the opposite side of the, of the of our country so the, literally the other side of the coast for absolutely no reason does he so when Tyler says we 
I just want to clarify that Tyler is not talking about the Miami Heat. He is talking about the irrelevant Lakers. Miami Heat go on. suck. They, like, they were good, like... But they're still our team. They've been good twice. They're still our ever, team. Like, twice ever. They're still our team. Your team. Our team. Your team. I don't associate myself with that. Okay, I, Tyler. Okay. Go ahead. Speak about the Lakers. The Wait. Lakers, you know, ever since last year with their acquisition of LeBron James, you know, it's been really great. Um, everybody has had high hopes. Um, last year, LeBron was doing really good, averaging, I believe, 27, uh, 8, and 8. And um, before he went out with that groin injury, people were definitely seeing the Lakers as real title contenders. Excuse me. Yeah, um, they were seeing them as real title contenders. But, um, you know, after that groin injury, everything went kind of downhill. So entering um, this offseason, um, everybody expected the Lakers to make some big moves. There were a lot of trade talks about Anthony Davis. And um, luckily for me, they finally oh, got him. God. What? Luckily. Come on. Yeah, for me. For me. Um, luckily for me, they got Anthony Davis after trading Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart to New Orleans Pelicans. So with a new and um, essentially revitalized team, so to speak, um, everybody expected the Lakers to make big waves, starting off with the very first game against the um, Los Angeles Clippers, who had recently acquired both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who was fresh off of uh, NBA championship with the Toronto Raptors. So, as I said, entering this um, game, people had high hopes for the Lakers, specifically me, because I'm saying if LeBron was doing so well, you know, last year, and now we have Anthony Davis, like the best big man, if I'm not forgetting anybody the best big man in the nba you know we should definitely just like cruise through the clippers especially since they didn't have paul george but no we lose um by like a 10 point deficit and it's very disappointing because lebron scored 18 points and he showed a very passive side of himself that he tends to do when he's in very bright lights and something that i really don't like about him he should have been a lot more aggressive in that game he was passing too much and, um, you know, it really showed Passing in... too much. Yeah, pass the ball. I know, I know. I'm just saying, that's not... Okay, go on. What do you... What? What do you... You don't, you don't think he should have passed? No, I mean, I'm just saying, that's not usually a, a complaint, passing the ball too much. Oh, yeah, you know... Because, you know, ball movement is actually a skill that's... Yeah, that's but, like, really valued. I'm saying there's a time and a place for that, and that certainly was not the time. You know, um, when you are in a position like LeBron and, you know, that game was supposed to be like a tone setter for the team. I felt like he should have been a lot more aggressive that game. And it was something that he was definitely lacking throughout the entirety of that game. That's why he scored 18 points. A person who is like a career 25 plus point per game scorer scores 18 points in his very first game after showing very promising highlights in the preseason, along with Anthony Davis, you know, and we go in, in, uh, LA, well, we go into the Clippers area, missing one of their key players, Paul George. He won't be back until November, but he they're missing their, one of their key players, and yet they still lose, you know? That's what's upsetting to me, because LeBron should have played harder. He should have played smarter, obviously. He should have, maybe, maybe that was a problem. He's thinking too much. Turned off your, he should have turned off his brain and just started scoring, because I feel like, you know, it comes to a point where it's like, yeah, you have a new offensive threat. You don't have to constantly take the offensive load on yourself, but you shouldn't take, you shouldn't use that as an opportunity to just back off completely 
should be still just as aggressive while still distributing the ball, which he has shown that he's capable of. So I just don't understand why he didn't show that last night. But I digress. <laughs> so, you know, with that unfortunate loss, I do think that um, this is still a step in the right direction. Um, you know, the bench obviously needs some work because um, after trading away so many key pieces, you know, it's just like we basically haven't done anything since the Anthony Davis trade. And um, it showed that in that game. But outside of LeBron, we definitely need to do work on our bench. And um, after that, um, yeah, so hopefully they can move forward from this. I do see them um, making a great run at a championship. Um, mark this podcast. It is October 23rd, Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. Tyler Banks said that the Lakers are going to win the 2020 championship. Remember that. And when it happens, tweet me at Harbinger's Pod. So that is the end of the episode today. Thank you all for listening. You can check us out, like I said, on Twitter at Harbinger's Pod. Um, be sure to let us know what you thought um, on Twitter. You, you can check us out on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and all other major podcast outlets. Um, thank you all for listening, and goodbye. You want to say bye, Daniel? Oh. You can crop it out. You can crop this.